Hey everyone, welcome to the Big Monday Show. This is the Going in Circles Podcast Network. My name is Charles Simon. I'm the host of the Going in Circles Podcast Network. My co-host on the Big Monday Show, Mr. Barry Spears, the sniper, will be with us when we come back from our first brief commercial break. We have a lot to recap this week. Well, actually, we don't have that much to recap, but uh, the Queen's Plate was this week. The Alabama was was a real good race. We have a little bit of racing news. We have some commentary, and uh, eh. we're hoping to get feedback from people. We've been getting quite a bit of feedback lately, but um, we want to hear your take on, on some of the takes that we have, because uh, the truth of the matter is that we want to be the voice. We want to we want people to have a chance to to say what they they feel and, and how they're feeling about the sport and, and the game and all the aspects of it. And uh, we'd love to try to to relay your message to whoever else needs to hear it. So don't be afraid. Going in circles podcast at Gmail. Hit us up on Twitter. Hit us up on Facebook. We'll be right back. Barry will be with us in just a minute. Hello, Mr. Spears. Hello, Senor Simon. I was going to say top of the morn, but... Not in Ireland. Unless you're listening from one of our remote locations that we get listeners from. Oh, we got some. We got some out there in Ireland. Hong Kong. It's not morning, but good evening, sir. What's going on? Well, I I went to the National Racing Museum on Hall of Fame's trivia night tonight. (laughs) That's great. (laughs) You know, it's frustrating when you get old because you just can't remember quite like you used to be able to remember. They got like they got like a drink mix for that now. Oh man. Keep getting it on Facebook for some reason, advertisements for this stuff. And I want to try it because they have good flavors. There's like Swedish fish and Sour Patch Kids and Really? Yeah. But it's supposed to help you me- your memory focus. It's for I guess it's for gamers, like people that play video games all day. And it's supposed to help with their cognitive skills and focus and memory and all that stuff. I try just to see what it tastes like, but I don't know if it actually works. I need like a gallon a day. Dude, it's 40 bucks for 40 doses, I guess, or whatever you call it. It's like it's like a powder, I guess. But Really? Yeah, man. We better make sure it's legal. We better make sure it's legal. Not FDA approved, I don't think. <laughs> or we get pulled into the penalty box. Time out. One of the questions was, name the eight grade one stakes that personal ends in one. And it just frustrated me to no end because I could not remember. ones or eight in general? No, like, she, she won eight. She, when... won, she won a maiden. She won three allowance races and eight grade one stakes. All different ones. Yep. I thought one. She won the Belding twice. twice. Right. Uh, the yeah. Frisette. I could not remember the Frisette. Yeah, I wouldn't have remembered that was a great one. I kept saying it was the Philly version of the Futurity, but I couldn't remember the, the Frisette. Yeah. Huh. The Frisette, the Beldame, the Shuvi, um, 
it's uh, the bell dame twice of the the Whitney, of course. She won yep. the Whitney, um, the Breeders' Cup Classic, uh, the Hempstead Handicap. Hempstead. Yeah, and some of these races have different names now too. That's the other the other issue. The wrinkle. Yeah. But um, I should have been able to name those. I should have at least got seven out of eight. But I got four, which pissed me off. Wah, wah. <sighs> the, the price is right music. It was it was actually a good time in the in the new Hall of Fame. I mean the renovations they've done, it's it's really um it's really you know, they've they've done a great job and uh, it's 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 worthwhile. I don't know exactly how much it costs to get in, but whatever it is, it's well yeah, because you're it. you're like the Saratoga version of Rocky Johnson. <laughs> yeah. You know, not, the door's not, not open exactly. for you and the mayor. Then Nick Zito is, is mad about the Hall of Fame because I guess they don't display the plaques anymore. So he oh. said to me the other day, he goes, can you imagine the baseball Hall of Fame taking Ray Babe Ruth's plaque down? I was like, yeah, uh, you got a point. You know, it, it is a good point. I mean, the plaques are kind of like the thing, right? Yeah. Do they plan on like putting them back or I don't know it seemed to be a sore subject with him so I tried to move on to something else but (laughs) um it's it's you know they have a lot of my my mom and dad are members of the museum uh some kind of I don't know some kind of deal where they they have like monthly um presentations and 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 you know, have people come up and talk, and it's really cool. I mean, it's uh, it, it's well done, and honestly, for the for the, for the about uh, half of the price of a beer at the at the grandstand, you can you can get in and and, and see a lot of cool stuff. Yeah, that sounds fun. I haven't been there since '09, so I came in fifth. Out of how many? I don't know, maybe fifty. Oh, that's not bad. You did Come good. Come on, man. I, I, the, the, Get a the, high five at least. Somebody give you a high five. No, Durkin. Tom Durkin was the master of ceremonies, and he kind of he, he gave me a little bit of a mocking at the end. So, so I thought you were going to win this. So, <laughs> the old memory just isn't what it used to be. <laughs> but he does. He does a great job. I mean, he's he's one of those guys that, like, when he talks, you just can't help but but like be. Um, you know, enthralled by what he's saying, and then he's a great storyteller, and he's got a million stories. And, uh, but uh, yeah, it was it was a good time. He's maybe, a less maybe. less better looking version of Charles Simon. <laughs> I don't have the voice. Yeah, that's the difference. Uh, but um, yeah, it helped me recover from my shellacking at the harness track and, and the red mile today. <laughs> <laughs> and the one race I bet at the Finger Lakes. You know, I don't like to like look down at tracks. But, I mean, listen, you, you make a bet and you win a race. <laughs> Money's money, right? Races are races. I mean, I've been all over. I've seen a million races at a million different tracks. and you know, But I cannot figure out for the life of me what the hell goes on at the Finger Lakes. Oh, yeah, I guess I, I have to tell you this story off the air. <laughs> I mean, and some races make no sense. Nothing friends. makes sense at that place. 
one of my friends was up there, I think last week or the, the week before. And he said, it's like 20 people. And somebody from the Inglehart family. And that's it. <laughs> and he said, anything can happen there. Yeah. The Nobody family. would ever know because there's only 20 people and somebody from the Inglehart family. The Inglehart's finger likes are like the Sopranos. <laughs> they're all over the place. They're, they're in charge up there. Uh, but no, man, I, it's. And, you know, my dad likes the finger likes. So I don't like to talk bad. About it's like people. an old school thing. I mean, I remember as a kid, I was always wondering what it looked like. Leslie Hewlett. <laughs> right. I, I just never knew what it looked like until like simulcasting got into play i was i was in the dark because you know my when i used to go to the otb in new york city with my grandfather couldn't see races <laughs> you know yeah, you, you it was to, filling you out those ball. betting slips and you know looking for the a b c d e f g horse and and that hey let, let me let me get an exact part wheel e over B-E. a b k and m and, and the funny thing was racing, the racing establishment is what caused the OTB to have to do that because they literally did not want them to succeed. Didn't allow it. Yeah. No. So. So it's not like racing is uh, just, you know, had his head in the sand recently. It's, it's had his head in the sand for about, I don't know, 50 <laughs> years. But um, <laughs> no, man, the Finger Lake said that place, it, it, it just... Like the PPs just don't. I, I don't know. I, I look and I'm like, they all look the same. Yeah, it's, it's every just so race hard looks the same. There's one horse that kind of stands out a little bit, and you're like, how can this horse lose? And they lose. <laughs> Sometimes they don't. Most of the time they don't, though. I can't say that because a lot of favorites win there. Fields aren't very big. I don't think I've seen too many races there with fields over eight. No. No. Nope. I was at the Finger Lakes once in my life. Never been. It's funny. I've been in the Finger Lakes once, and I've actually won two stake races. I won a stake race there when I worked for Jerkins. We, we shipped Kelly Kip up there and uh, set the track record that will almost assuredly never be broken. 108 and 1. 108 and 1 over there is usually a five and a half time, not six. <laughs> I was going to say it's more like a 105. Um, and I had a horse named Saratoga Sunrise, who was one of my first stake winners. And he won the, might have been my first stake win, actually, the Genesee Valley, which I oh, think the they, held, the they just held the other day. The Genesee Valley Stakes. Huh. It was so funny because Bruce Alexander, like five years or ten years later, I can't remember when, but was he says, you know, I got a bone to pick with you. And I was like, Man, why not do this guy? He goes, I was going to win this, the, the Genesee. I had that horse all prepped. For, and then all of a sudden, you show up from Kentucky with that Saratoga Sunrise. I was <laughs> like, man, you're still harboring that? Still mad, bro? But uh, I didn't go that day. I did not go. But, um, yep, the lakes. Good name, Saratoga Sunrise. Saratoga Sunrise. Oh, he, was, he was a pretty good horse. They he won the West Point to the turf. It came off the turf, and it was one of those days where uh, the rain threatened all day, right? And it rained and came, you know, rained and stopped, rained and stopped. You know, a typical Saratoga rainy day. Hmm. And 
about two thirty, three o'clock, it started drizzling pretty good, you know, and I had to bribe my blacksmith to stay there because we were main track only. I think we were main track only. I don't remember if we were in main track only or if we were entered and, you know, you have up to 45 minutes for a post to scratch out of a stake. Uh, you know, it, it's your choice. You don't have to ask permission. And uh, I wanted to put the mud caulks because back then we could still use mud caulks. So, uh, but I didn't want to put mud caulks on him if he was just going to train, you know, if he was going to wind up scratching. And So anyways, I bribed him to stay there. Um, <laughs> and then about an hour before post time, they, they, it came, it was a delusion and they took it off and he put the mud caulks on. I think I was the only horse in the race with mud caulks. Plus my horse is a dirt horse against turf horses. And, uh, and he won pretty easy. He was only a hundred thousand. And I don't know if it's that much more now, but, uh, Pat Day rode him. And, uh, yeah, I remember Mr. Ramsey went out and, and, and grabbed him. He wanted to do, you know, the, the lead in and he lost both of his shoes. His shoes got sucked off by the mud. <laughs> He's standing there in the winter circle with no shoes on. Uh, but not Saratoga sunrise. That was my first Saratoga state. I think, I think he was my first state winner and my first Saratoga state winner. Nice. But, uh, he was a nice little horse. I swear my parents still have all those Saratoga Sunrise glasses in their house from all the trips. They still sell those? I don't you... know if they sell them. You probably got to mortgage your house if you, if you want one now. Oh, man. It's brutal. It'll probably be 20 bucks. Got a glass, though. They don't give it away. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> How much is it? how much is just a, a slice? I, I don't know. You know, it's weird. They got like four different places you can bet, p- get pizza. It's kind of odd. I, I think a couple of them they, they they like sell you like a whole pizza. But yeah, shout out to my man who who uh, hit me up on Twitter DM to tell me I was wrong about the prices and gouging. At the track for food, food prices. <laughs> I, did, I didn't know it was a right or wrong question. I didn't think so either. <clears throat> Maybe I'll ask him to clarify and I'll, I'll read it next week. Well, the take I have, and this is, you know, just my own personal opinion, is that we we compare poorly to sports, okay? If you want to compare them to professional team, um, the Giants, right? <laughs> Not the Jets, because the Jets ain't very professional. <laughs> but, all right, Giants, right? Giants play eight home games a year. The game's three hours, right? Three and a half hours. That's it. Racing is, is you know, starts at one o'clock and ends a lot of times after six. And the difference is that when you buy your football ticket, right, you're buying it before you get to the game and you buy some concessions or, or, or you know, memorabilia, but you're not, that's your only contribution, right? Monetarily wise, you're, you're not, you're not betting and, and our sport is betting. So the more money a guy spends on a, a beer the less money he spends on betting. 
And I get that the tracks need to make money. That That's understandable. But there comes a point where it just seems, and, and I get also, like, someone will probably, you know, text and say, oh, well, you know, they've got a contract with the, the vendor and the vendors this, which, which all might be true. But in the end, it's about, oh, it's about doing things right. And I had a conversation with a racing executive this weekend, and I'm not going to say who it is, but I respect him and I like him personally. And I think he, he has the game's best interest at heart. And not all of them do. Um, but his view of racing, the future of racing, and, and why, how, why and how things should be done in mine are like, there's a huge gulf between us. And I was complaining about the card Saturday. And I won't apologize. The card Saturday at Saratoga was not a good card. And yes, the rain and the weather has been a factor. But you shouldn't be carding five-horse allowance races and, and running five-horse phony stakes on Saturdays at Saratoga. You just shouldn't. And he said, well, how do you propose you know, getting more horse in that field? I said, I know this, that each additional starter in a race on a Saratoga card in, uh, for, you know, in the pick five and in, in, the, in, the, in the, all the horizontals, there's a, a huge amount of money um, at stake up to a certain number. I think past 12, I think you, you wind up with like the, at the, the point of, you know, where the, the diminishing returns, right? The law of diminishing returns were. Right. It just, it, it's not quite as big. Right. There's a sweet spot. But a five horse allowance race and a four horse stake. They're costing themselves money. That's what I mean. He said, well, what would you do? I said, <laughs> you know, just simple, like, quick math in your head. You can be like, well, that doesn't add up. It's what not- I do? I would call up every trainer uh, in the East Coast that had a horse that fit the race. And I would have said, hey, I'll pay for your shipping and I'll give you a check for 4000 bucks if your horse leaves the starting gate. He says, well, you know, I said, well, you know what? I said, what if Handel was, went up 300000 because he had an extra horse? Right. That, gonna... that whatever you paid to ship them in and, and give them four grand is nothing. It's peanuts. compared. Well, to... then what about the other people? I said, well, what about what? I don't care about the other people. Right. If the other trainers in New York complained, I'd say, enter your horses. Right. So they don't get the opportunity to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Enter. Enter. Do what you got to do. They're, 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 listen, they have tons of money, purse money, tons of purse money, <clears throat> tons. I mean, every year they're creating another million dollar race that the Europeans come in and just, would you might as well just send it right to them. <laughs> just give them the check. Just, just write the check. Save I'm... everybody the, the, the problem. But you do what you got to do. The problem is, is that. And, and we all know there's issues in New York with the labor board, with insurance, with the expenses, with all that. I, everyone knows that. But uh, it's the same with the full crop. This is the other thing. They said, well, you know, there's less horses. I said, yeah. And what is, I said, what have the racetracks and the breed organizations and the horsemen's organizations and everyone that should be 
um, concerned about that number, the full crop. What have they done to spur ownership, to try to uh, increase owner recruitment? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. And he said, well, you know, it's, it, owning horses is expensive. It's like, well, that hasn't changed. Right. Horses <laughs> was expensive when there was 35,000 foals too. I said, you know, well, what, what else could you do? I said, well, you could treat owners better. You know? You could shit on every top owner in the game. And guess what? They ain't going anywhere. They're, <laughs> those guys are hugely invested in this. I go, but that's what you guys do is you kiss their, their, their ass. And, and you guys crap on everybody else. Yeah, you gotta spread to, that stop, out. Stop nickel and diamond people. Stop. 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 You know? But that's the thing. Is is the horsemen are complicit? The breeders are complicit? And they'll say, well, we have this program. Well, your programs aren't working. <clears throat> and this is not a New York problem. This is an everywhere problem. And I don't expect Churchill Downs to do anything because they could care less about horse racing. Uh, the Stronic Group, I, I, I don't know what they care about. I'll be honest, I, I really don't know. But someone, somewhere, some group, some organization, something, somebody's got to get more owners in this sport. Because that's a, that's a, 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 a tangible uh, number that we're, we're talking about. When we talk about the betting side, right, the betters, we just have handle, right? That, that, that's our measure. We don't know how many people or what they're actually wagering, because, you know, call, call it like it is. Uh, we don't even know where the handle is and, and how much money and revenues are derived from handle because everybody's paying a different rate. Well, yeah, that, that always kills me because then you see these, these handle numbers that come out and they're like, well, it's got to be some sort of uh, just outrageous equation or it should be, in order to get the right number. So uh, you, you can't trust those numbers because it's not always, you know, what they appear to be. I mean, yeah. uh, if anything, uh, O'Kronk has taught us, that is it. No, Delmar lied again about their handle. Their handle was, was thank you to the guys that, that did the, the numbers. They said the, the, their true handle was about $32 million on Saturday. And what did they say? 36 If you're standing at Delmar and you bet on a race from Saratoga, that's not Delmar handle. No. Definitely not. Not. And that's, you know, it's, it's lies. They're lying. They're not. It's not uh, counting. It's a lie. It's an <coughs> L-I-E lie. Why they do it, I have no idea. Yeah, that, that's what I was just about to say. It's like, I don't understand what the, the end game is. Like, it's not going to make them look any better. No one or worse, to be honest with you, with you, it's just it's just the numbers, the number, you know. You would think, but and they're not publicly traded, correct? So no. Why? What? What's the point? <laughs> you know what I mean? What's the point? Well, that's the thing. Is as the truth is that handle is not as important as it used to be, and it, you say, well, what are you talking about, Chuck? It's not as important as it used to be because handle uh, a dollar. You bet from, you know, wherever you're at versus a dollar that, uh, uh, you know, a computer uh, CAW team bets. 
the revenue derived from those two bets are completely different, completely different. So it's hardly even a measure of, of health. I mean, yes, it's good to be this 32 million, 32 million is great. But I mean, we talked about it like Joe McGlory put something today about the data and, and he's right. And we've talked about this a lot that locking up the data in a game that's driven by data is about the dumbest thing you could possibly do if you want to see growth. If you want to just nickel and dime and let the tracks get their, their cut. Because remember one thing about Equibase, the Jockey Club owns it, but the tracks are partners too. Every single track, the, oh, yeah. as far as I know, is a partner. And they all get their, their royalty check. So is the racing form. <laughs> so they get everything from them too. So so it, it's... it's um. It's the truth. But the fact of the matter is that going back to that conversation is that <clears throat> if I, if you put me in charge and you say, all right, you're the boss boss, oh. I would tell every racing executive in the country, raise your handle 30% by next year or you're fired. And I might not fire them. Just put pressure on them. And, and that's the goal. Yeah. And, and, and think, how do we, well, you're nuts. You can't do that. Guess what? Look at the handle in sports wedding, sports, sports wagering. Look at it. Look at it. Look at it. Hand over fist. Look at it. You can't be complete, complacent like we are. You can't pat yourself on the back. You just can't. That doesn't mean that, that you can't, um, you know, uh, take a victory lap every once in a while when you put on a great card and you, you get a huge handle. Um, and, and everybody gets why you had a great handle because you had put a great card on. But I get skeptical when they see not so great cards and they're still getting big handle because you know the the, the computer teams don't give a shit about the sport. It's just it's, it's just a, if they could if they had some kind of sheep wagering they would wager on sheep if they could make more money. And that's the thing. That's the thing. We need to attract more real people. And I think they're out there. And of course, this is just conjecture. But I just think that there should well, be they're definitely no out there. It's just, it's just we're, we're not tapping the right avenues and, and hitting every avenue we can in order to get the most out of any kind of marketing or, you know, um, any kind of you know, uh, helping hand in, in, in order to get new people into the sport. I don't, I don't think we're doing a great job at, at getting out there and, and getting people in. It's more no. like, oh, well, you know, they'll just come or they'll just show up. We'll do the bare minimum. Instead of investing in that in the future, they just get to be complacent and be like, oh, we'll just do what we've always done. And that doesn't work never has to be honest no and it, it's a it's, it's an attitude and it's smug it's it's very arrogant there's no one thing that's going <laughs> to fix this game there's no one thing that's going to ensure it survive uh, or survivability there's no one thing that's going to catapult us um into the next uh you know millennia right but there's a series of things and we don't even acknowledge some of them. We don't even acknowledge some of them. And 
you know, it, it's it's gotten to the point where, uh, you know, what, like you, you just are skeptical about everything because we've been lied to so much and now we know we're being lied to. Hmm. And I mean, once that, that trust is gone, um, I mean, I wrote a piece for the Going in Circles Digest the other day about trust. I said, if you had come into this business and you want to trust who, who who can you trust can you trust the timing of the races can you trust that there's <laughs> bets not being made after the post uh after the, the you know the field has left the game can you trust that trainers are, are are not um doing things they shouldn't do or can you trust the jockeys aren't doing <laughs> things can you do can you trust that the track when they they announce numbers when can you trust um the sales, if the you know how many people wind up buying their own horseback under a different name, um, there's just so many things that are, your trust has been broken with that sometimes uh, you know you, you just I mean what what would be the biggest deception uh, in racing outside of you know Churchill Downs basically lying to everyone about their true intent for Arlington Park. I mean, uh, Arlington Park executives and Churchill Downs was lobbying for a casino right up until the time they got it. The day before, they were lobbying for it. Then they gave it to them. <laughs> and then guess what? Fold oh, up. my God. We've got to give 14% to the horsemen. Hold on. They didn't know that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Oh, really? My bad. I didn't read that part. <laughs> so, so think about that. They, they, they lied to an entire uh, industry, not just the industry in Illinois, the industry everywhere, the whole everyone involved in racing. They basically uh, it was fraudulent that they're, they're lobbying to try to get something that they never had any intention of of get of of actually trying for. And as such, they've, you know, kind of doomed racing in, in Chicago. I mean, Hawthorne is is trying, but, I mean, they have an obligation to the, the standard breads as well. It's one track. It's it's not the greatest facility. And, you know, winter is in Chicago is not an easy place to race. And, um, you know, you're, you're having to convert the track over back and forth and, where the horses go with, during the off season, and I mean, it's just a, um, you know, they, they listen. They're they're trying, but it just goes back to the point of, of like, who do you trust in this business? Who can you trust? And um, and that's something that that actually needs to be uh, needs to be rebuilt. Trust has to has to come. We we need to do a better job of literally timing the races. Well, it's all the little things that, you know, again, that's it goes to what I always say. Control the controllables. There's things that this industry has full, well control over that we just don't get a handle of. And it, it contributes. It's a contributing factor to the big picture. And I, I don't think the people that are, are making decisions are too fascinated or worried about those kind of things because they think it doesn't matter. And that's the totally 
worst way to think about it. You know, like the free data. I mean, that. you know how big that would be in getting new people? I, I, I've, I've known people that got free PPs and decided to play for the first time. I've met people who've done that. That's how they got into the sport. I don't understand why that can't be a, a, a continuous thing. It's it's a no brainer. I mean, it's a direct correlation to what we do. And then you overcharge for it too, <laughs> just to add insult to injury. It's like way overpriced. <laughs> and and yet the you know the place is packed. <laughs> You know the prices is the prices are what the prices are. I mean, yeah, they still they still do allow you to come in the backyard and, and bring pure. It's funny, I was walking behind a guy's uh, that the had a big cooler beer the other day, and, and they hit a bump and the thing, the lid came off and the whole thing came. <laughs> beers, beers were rolling all over the sidewalk outside. Um, yeah, it's. Uh, yeah, so listen, Saratoga is a great place. And it's it's hard to like screw it up, right? Like it's people love being there, but um, the cards have not been good. And uh, I know rain is is a factor. It's just the way it is. But you know, the other thing is, it, it seems like you see the same names in every race. Like it's like there's thirteen trainers. <laughs> I mean, thank God for the Kentucky guys. Tom Amos holding it up <laughs> I mean, uh, those for the outsiders. <laughs> those guys have, have made it, you know, a little bit more interesting. But I mean, they've got to do something about getting trainers back to New York. There are just there, there's virtually no middle class guys anymore. And I was trying to explain this to someone the other day. I said the guys like me, like we didn't have the million dollar horses. We didn't have have the hardly had any hundred thousand dollar horses. I go, but Naira has instituted these races, these maiden specials that are restricted to horses that were purchased for 45000 or less, which are great. It's an innovative idea. I think, as a matter of fact, I think they started, I think um, they started out in California first. Yes. But they're a good idea. And, and it gives, um, you know, the, the regular guy owner, <clears throat> the non-billionaire, a shot to win a maiden special, a shot to run his horse in a race where he's not going to fade a $800,000 horse. And he's still going to run for a good person. He doesn't have to run for a claiming day. The issue with those races is when you see the entries, virtually none of the guys are stable in New York. And if it is a guy stable in New York, it's a guy with a small string that doesn't base there. And that just is, is a perfect example of that middle class of trainer that doesn't exist there anymore. And I was the guy who made number six or number seven or number eight in these races. You give me a hundred thousand dollar maiden race, and, and I got I'm, I'm going to be six eight to one. I'll be entering. Are you kidding me? Sixty thousand dollar purses for for twenty five claimers, not very good ones. Get five horses, but you know, even the other day, uh, Saratoga had two twenty five claimers, one going sprinting and one going long on the dirt, and one was won by Chad Brown with a horse <laughs> dropping from fifty, and the other was won by Todd Fletcher with a horse dropping from eighty. Yep. 
and and that's the that's the problem is is that you've you know you run racing you got to fix it you got to fix it period i don't know who's going to come in after panza you know martin's leaving in the end of october i I have no idea (laughs) I, i heard some i heard some names and i don't you know i don't know but um They need to to, to 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 fix that problem because it just it, you're not going to be able to um, to grow to get better without bigger better fields. You just can't, and they're still doing good. They're still doing good, but again, you're going to start competing against uh, when sports betting hits in New York. They're going to be doing. 15 billion a year. <coughs> okay? You can't tell me some of our money's not going to flow over there. You can't tell me that. It's going oh, to certainty. It's not even it's, it's just a matter of how much it's going to. <coughs> but you know, we shouldn't be complacent. Oh, we're up over 2019. Who cares? He should be up over 2019. Right, the, the world stopped for a year and a half. Well, you, you should be, should be, we should be up every year. Why shouldn't we be up? The only the only year you wouldn't be up is if you had some catastrophic weather where you, you know, had to cancel a week or, you know, something had happened. I mean that that that's understandable, <laughs> but I mean the idea every year would be for for the numbers to go up, right? That's that's how it works here, right? At least I thought. As an industry, we're still betting less than we were 12 years ago. Total. Not, uh, you know, dollar for dollar inflation adjusted. Like raw numbers, we're still doing less. It's a great sport, but it's not great the way it is now. It's just not. The racing is, it's just, we've actually become almost numb to it. They were expecting to see short fields all the time. And it's, uh, you know. And $40 pick fives. Well, I mean, we can go bet 40. You know, the, the, yesterday, the pick, the late pick fours, they're talking about 20, I think pay 22. <laughs> Man, that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, full disclosure, I didn't even play uh, Saratoga yesterday. I, I played a little. There wasn't much to play. Right. Uh, I just didn't see any opportunities. So, I was, I was like, yeah, it's, it's I, mean, I, I, I kind of, you know, hovered around the edges. But um, Woodbine was where it was at yesterday. But I, I was happy to see Phil Serpy win the Queen's place. <laughs> <laughs> he must have had a stroke coming down the stretch. <laughs> yeah, the way I read was riding. <laughs> Irad was riding, man. He was riding a hair off that horse. He was, he was giving it all he got, man. <laughs> yeah, you can't, you can't say that he didn't give full effort. Yeah, you can't say he didn't try. No, he, he was all out. I mean, if if you could put a comment next to the jockey performance, it would have said all out. Also, Phil's not exactly a warm and fuzzy guy, but you know what? He's a veteran. He's been around for a long time, and he's <clears throat> he's out there fighting. You know, he's he's got a string down in Florida, and he's got some in New York, and. Um, you know, those kind of trainers don't get a opportunity to win uh, million dollar races that often, even though it's a million dollar Canadian, it's still a lot. So, 
so that was that was nice to see. Um, I thought Malathat ran well. Yeah, I I think the problem with with Malathat, or maybe it's just my problem, is that her races don't pop out or stand out. She wins. She grinds it out. Wins. Does what she has to do. But it's not like yeah, she, just, she doesn't not... look all that great. It's not fantastic to look at. It's just kind of like basic fundamental, you know, winning. <laughs> but you know, like even even the other day. Um, on Saturday, it looked like, you know, there was, there was a part of that race where you, you could say, you know, mid stretch that she may not have gotten there. <laughs> no, you know, she's, again, she's a good horse. Yeah. She's definitely a, a pretty decent. She, she's a grinder, right? She doesn't have that quickness. She doesn't have the suddenness, you know, she, she doesn't like flash. Like you said, she doesn't flash that speed or, um, you know, have that big kick. She just keeps on coming. And, uh, you know, she's a nice horse. I'm not surprised that he's trying to, that Todd's going to train her up to the Breeders' Cup distaff. I think that uh, looking at her, she, she's not, um, you know, she might struggle to carry weight a little bit. The only question mark I would have, and I guess maybe it's tempered by the fact that there's so much time in between uh, the Breeders' Cup and now is uh, <clears throat> dropping back from a mile and a quarter back to a mile and an eighth, which was traditionally kind of something shouldn't say traditionally, but in the last maybe decade or so people have just, you know, run away from, from that cutback. And, uh, you know, I guess maybe because it's going to be, you know, August to November, maybe it's not nearly as big of a deal, but, um, I mean, you know, she runs pretty good numbers, but she's going to have to be better. She's not good enough. She's not good enough to beat the uh, to, well. She's not good enough to beat Latrushka if, if if no one presses Latrushka. No, numbers no. wise, she's just not. And Latrushka's is, is listen. Latrushka's a nice filly. She's uh, she's not go for want. All right, <laughs> like that's just like keep that in mind. That she's a pretty good horse, but you know, like a third if she runs ones, uh, ones are nice, but you usually have to break a zero to win a Breeders' Cup Distaff or uh, a classic, you're going to have to run a negative two or better. Uh, she hasn't shown she can do it. And, you know, either, either has Malathat. Malathat, her top number on thoroughbreds have been twos. Right. And that, that's, maybe that's why I'm not so... And she's three. So, yes, she's going to get a little weight. And, yes, she is more likely to improve than an older horse, but um, you know, Malathat, oh, excuse me, uh, Latrushka is also a front runner. So as a front runner, they get a little bit of a break because they're usually not going to lose ground, um, you know, likely to be, uh, you know, on the rail in the turns, of course, means that, you know. Well, I, I guess, you know, going back to your point, you know, just think about the scenario that, that she's faced with. Training up to the Breeders' Cup, which is what two and a half months away, right? Three. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, it's really, can yeah, she but run the best race of her career off that kind of a layoff. I don't know. I mean, I, I'm I'm willing to bet against that on most occasions. You know, if a sprinter maybe can can do that, I don't know. I I just don't. I wouldn't put my money there. At least initially, you know what I mean. It just depends on what what happens between now and then with the other horses. But 
you know, just that alone, just, just that scenario alone doesn't seem very good, like a good proposition. No, I, I hear you. I, I do hear you. And uh, I mean, maybe he's thinking that I, I was thinking if he if he was going to prep her, he'd prep her into spinster. Um, you know, she's shown that she does like Keeneland. It's a two turn track as opposed to. Uh, right. Tighter turns. Racing her Delmar. More similar to Delmar than. But, um, yeah. but, you know, I, I, I could I could understand why I'd be hesitant <clears> to race <throat> her at parks in the. Yeah, the tracks not the great parks. So, but um, yeah, being uh, you know, I thought she ran good. I guess today's news uh, was church parties done for the year, gonna mm. regroup and come back next year. And I, I'm not surprised about that either, really, because honestly, her acorn she won, but she wasn't that great. It wasn't one of her better performances, and she won. She got everything her own way, and then she was all out to win. And the test, she was pretty ordinary in the test. And, uh, you know, she just for whatever reason, it seems like the Kentucky Oaks kind of knocked her, maybe knocked her for a little bit of a loop. And, you know, I I think they're going to bring her back next year. So I don't I don't get why people complain so much. I mean, like, who's complaining now? Those kind of things that I'm, you know, if it was in the spring, then, yeah, okay. But, you know, this time of year, there's only really one race left, <laughs> you know, and she wasn't seemingly kind of, uh, you know, destined to be a Breeders' Cup horse anyway. You know, a horse with her record, her reputation, running second and third in all these other races, these three-year-old races, it just, it, you know. It's, it doesn't seem like it's the right avenue to go that route. Right, if she's not 100%, then you know what? They're bringing her back. They're not retiring. As long as they're not retiring, that's fine. Right, they just said, yeah, you know, she's nothing really wrong with her. We're going to retire her, though. But then then you'd like, ugh, six races. But still, I mean, they're bringing her back next year. And then, like, you know, like I said, the test, she really didn't run that good. No, last couple. I, I, I don't, you know, it wasn't like she got beat a neck. I mean... So, like, it makes sense. It makes sense. Right. It'll make it'll make more sense when, you know, when you look at the PPs and be like, oh, wow, she tailed off. You know, it's like, yeah, they, they did. They did right by the horse to to give her a break. So, I mean, the three year old Phillies this year are OK. I, I honestly this spring, I thought the three year old Phillies are going to be really good. And it's turned out they're just OK. But, um, you know, she's struggling with that. So. <clears throat> right. not, you know, if Monomoy girl comes back and I, I have no idea. I, I mean, if I had the bet, I would bet that she wouldn't. Um, but you know, she's her A game is, is gonna be really tough to beat. You know, Latrushka is gonna be dangerous <clears throat> if she continues to hold her form, especially if if no one challenges her on the lead. Um I tell you, I know, I know you bet against her yesterday, but horticulturist, horologist, uh, yeah, her name is. She looked good yesterday. She did. I'm still not sold on it. Oh. I mean, she's supposed to look good against that field, exactly. And and that's with that pace scenario, her wins but, but have been like that. It, it was an excellent race. So it was, it was. She ran great. You know, I can't knock her for for the win, but. Oh. I just have 
class issues with her. I don't think she's top class, unfortunately. She's like, she's, she's like an A minus horse. A B right. Horse. Exactly. Mm, so. so we'll see. We'll see what happens. <clears throat> dances all the dances, though. I appreciate that. No, she does. I mean, she, she does race. And I mean, Latrushka, I mean, I kind of, you know, knocked her a little bit, but I mean, He's dancing all the dances <laughs> <laughs> and doesn't duck anybody either. Nope. You know, you know, guys like that don't get good horses that often. And, and it's, it's a different mode, you know, it's a different, if it's a, it's a different feel, um, you know, you guys don't get an opportunity to train that type of horse in those type of races. It's hard to pass races up. You know, when you're Todd Pletcher, you're, uh, you know, one of these guys who's got, Hundred two year olds coming in every year, and they're all, you know, blue bloods. Well, you're going to be running all these races all the time. Every year you're running in the race. It's not like it's a big deal, right? Well, if you're a guy and you got one <laughs> Philly like this, you know, it's it's hard to pass up races. You're going to be four to five in, right? You know, so yeah, you got life is good waiting in the wings. Life is good. That that looks like life is good is gonna make the Alan Jerkins. We'll find out this week. Life is good versus Jackie's Warrior. <clears throat> it should be a throwdown. They should have like, you know, like a like a prize fighter hype, like uh, McGregor versus uh, <laughs> anybody. <laughs> yeah. I've been the personal. The personal ensign looks like a good race too. So, yeah, it's a good race. That is great, man. Travers, I think the Travers. They're looking at seven in the Travers. So, not exactly stellar, but we'll take it. No, it's it's not. Uh, it's not a, a stirring rendition, but you know, it's pretty decent. I mean, and and you're kind of missing a horse too. In life is good. Because yeah, you know, right. If life is so, good, so I'd missed all the time, then you right. figure he would be there. <clears throat> um, but you know, he's he's on the comeback trail. I, I it's interesting to think what, what he's going to do after that race, like where you know, maybe depending on how he races, maybe the parks, the derby, parks, right? Uh, is Hot Ride Charlie going to show up there or is he going to stay yep. on the West Coast? So I don't know, I don't know. And Medina Spirit worked five eighths and fifty eight today. The still <laughs> reigning Kentucky Derby champion, hanging on by a thread into going into late August. You know what the best thing about Saratoga and Del Mar has been this year? <laughs> I don't know. Ever I mean, since they started, we haven't talked at all about the stupid Derby and the. The nonsense that's my fault. That. It's, been, it's been like silent. Yeah, but that's that's good and it's bad. It's like, well, what the hell are they doing with this whole thing? Are they going to disqualify him or not? I mean, it, it's 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 not even going to get sorted out by next Derby. So, and and at this point, you know, like Med, like Medina nobody cares. Medina Spirit will be a busted stud before they figure this out. He'll be he'll be off flying off to Uruguay or somewhere. Bertonico is on the map now. So Yeah, I think he's off the map now. 
him in his seven folds or whatever he had. <laughs> but, uh, derby winner, bro. Asterisk. Kind of a derby winner. The Asterisk Derby. Speaking of which, uh, Saturday Night Live guy was on fire out there in Del Mar. <laughs> of course, back. running his eyeballs out. All of them. Even got Azul Coast into the winner's circle. He's back. Well, yeah, man. Azul Coast. Uh, I, I... Listen, man, the guy's got a arsenal full of horses. Still, yeah. Can't fade him. Can't. I wish Meadowlands was back. Huh? I wish Meadowlands was back. Two weeks, I think. I don't know if I can wait two weeks. Although, Hoosier's been good to me, I have to say. Hoosier remains on the banned list for me. Oh, man. I I might have to ban Mobine. Mobine's been been tough lately. I gotta admit. There have been some Curious drives. Pull the pocket talks about it all the time, but he, he's he is not wrong. <laughs> so, those guys do some odd things, man. They sit in with one to two shots. And it's like <laughs> why though? the guy did it the other day. He sat in with like a three to five shot and it worked out. Like a horse broke and then the red sea parted and the horse wound up coming up the inside. And I was like, man. I, I don't know how that guy possibly didn't draw that one up on paper. Yeah, exactly. I, I don't know. He possibly could have figured, well, this is the right move. Let me stay buried <laughs> and, and hope it works out at three to five. But it did. You know, sometimes it's better to be lucky than be good. But, uh, but you know, that's the way it goes. But um, Pacific Classic thoughts. I bet the winner. I know. It was one of my more brilliant handicapping ideas. You and Rudolph were the only ones. I, I like the name of the horse. I said Triple. That's kind of a cool name. He's got the rail. He's got that Brazilian guy. Well, he was like eight to one when I bet him. Everybody else in this race hey, kind of you know sucks. So like TJ TJ won a, a Dubai World Cup. So and I don't think he, he rode that horse perfectly. Put him in the right position. He didn't move too early. And uh, yeah, he just passed him. Did, did nothing wrong and. Yeah, Kitten, Kitten's Joy, he's got a dirt grade one winner. Unbelievable. After about 16 crops. Uh, I was pretty much done with Kitten's Joy after Bobby's Kitten. but I'll be honest, I didn't even know he was by Kitten, Kitten's Joy. I didn't know either until, until I heard I, it. I looked at the PPs for about 45 seconds because I just, you know. It just, uh, the race was just, to me, tough to figure, <laughs> but, you know, I bet him and he won, so. It was. It was a tough. It was actually a, a real good, you know, betting challenge. I guess you could say. You know, there was no standout. Um, yeah, question marks with the horse that was going to be on the lead. Um, you know, a question mark in a horse like Independence Hall could have gone either way, and he didn't run that badly. No, but I, I sure wish they would just cut that horse back. It, it was a field full of question marks. I mean, yes, nobody in the race absolutely. has ever. There's horses in the race with some talent, but none of them have ever <laughs> been able to consistently perform. And you know that's 
that's just the the older horse division in a nutshell. There's just not that much depth to it. And, I mean, that really looked like a grade three race. But um, just hey, at least they had a big field. Yeah, yeah, it was decent. Uh, I mean, and the race wasn't, you know, it was pretty exciting considering there was no headliner, so to speak. It's no superstar, really. Um, it was it was decent, you know. You know, I've rounded out a, a pretty decent card. I mean. Yeah, the card was a pretty good card. Um, you know, the, the turf races were, were pretty good, you know. Um, Mo Forza's back. That horse is a machine, bro. I swear to God, you could replay all that horse's wins, and they look exactly the same. That was a pretty good race for five horse field. Mo Forza just smooth like straight and hit the road. They're, they're, they're pretty all, good horses. Oh, at it the top of the stretch. They're all, they're all pretty good horses. Uh, Code of Honor. Uh, you know, first time he was in a race that he should have won for a while. And won. <laughs> won pretty easy. Not sure what Shug's gonna, you know, where, where he's gonna go. Maybe he'll he'll try the mile, the Breeders' Cup mile. Maybe he'll run. yeah, and take a lot of money, hopefully, so yeah. I can bet against. But uh, looks like you know that that would be the better spot for him. Um, but he ran good. I mean, you know, ran the race we, we thought he would run. Fat Man got hung out a little wide both turns. Hmm. Um, but. Uh, <clears throat> I mean, honestly, it was it was uh, the Lake Placid was was a uh, was an odd race. It was really run. It was really strange. Turf. I saw Rusty Arnold after. I said, "Man," and he looked at me, laughed, and and he, I said, "Did you consider scratch?" And he goes, "Yeah, I, I let the people, you know, own the horse." To listen, here's the deal: if if they'd taken it off the turf, we'd look like geniuses, <laughs> you know. <laughs> they left it on, so. You know, we, we didn't look like geniuses, but uh, I thought technical analysis ran good considering, uh, you know, the horse wound up on the lead and, you know, relatively slow fractions, then kind of bolted a little bit and yeah. might have got out to the better part of the track. I was going to say, it, it might have been a heads-up ride in a sense, got her out to the, the best part of the track. Right. I, I saw some criticism of the spot for Ego Trip, and I'm thinking to myself, just because the horse is a maiden, she's now a grade two placed maiden. And, and she just, uh, you know, uh, kind of sealed uh, a value increase for sure. <clears throat> and Without ever winning. I just don't think people get it. You know, that a filly getting graded black type is, is, a, is a big deal. Uh, yeah, and if you bet the horse, it's not a big deal, but... Uh, you know, you have to understand that breaking your maiden doesn't really <clears throat> do a whole lot for your horse. I mean, it's nice. You, know, you obviously don't want to just keep jumping horses that are maidens in stake races. But this was a soft field. I mean, this is basically a five-horse field because Rusty's horse is more or less a dirt horse. And it was not a strong group. I mean, uh, the horses, the horses that figured ran well, but they're just, you know, they're not killers. They're they're nice fillies, but it was it was kind of a you know a good spot to take a shot to, to try to get some graded black type, and it's Saratoga graded black type, and, and those kind of things do matter. But um, you know, I, I don't know if Ego Trip is is gonna try a stake again, or or if they'll you know maybe run her in a couple of the three year old filly stakes and then. 
cut her breaker maiden over the winter, provided she doesn't win one of them. <laughs> I know Chad Brown says technical analysis is headed towards the, the, the QE2 at Keeneland. Um, Going to try to stretch out again to a mile and an eighth. Uh, I know he had stated that he had wondered how far she really wants to go, but uh, it's probably worth a try. And, um, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see a couple of these fillies back in, the, in that race at Keeneland uh, in, in October. But I don't, outside of that, this weekend, that was, that's pretty much it, man. Yeah, Queen's Plate was, was pretty cool. And that card Queen's was, was a good race. I mean, it was a good horse race to watch. Yes, very, very aesthetically pleasing to, to watch. Right. I mean, going on, there's a bunch of horses running at the leader. And I mean, essentially, it's an allowance race for maybe <laughs> Reds that, you know, for a million bucks. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, like I said, I, I was happy to see Serpy win that. And, Undercard was pretty good too. Yeah, the undercard was pretty good, and they bet you know I think they bet sixteen million, which which I think is a lot for Canada. So mostly turf races too. Yeah, Caravel. Caravel bombed. Yeah, it was a tough task. That was that was a lot to ask. I thought she's a nice horse, but she's you know. She's not Winks. <laughs> you know, the lady that trained her and, and, and uh, Liz Merriman, she's a good trainer. She's she's not a, you know, she's not like, just because she goes from her barn to a big barn doesn't mean that they're going to move her up. Those horses that are already really good. They're already really good. You know? right. That's probably about as good as she's going to get, you know. So, and those right, you know, the sprints are a lot of opportunity. Especially uh, the, the grass races. I mean, it's all about the trip. It just is, you know. But, um, nah, you know, I ain't got much else. No, no controversial stewards calls this week. <sighs> you know, I, I, I was thinking about this and I, I enjoy the fact that it seems like especially in California, they're looking at things a little more. But I'm also at the same time like weary about it because it's like, you know, it's a crapshoot. If they were consistent and they looked at these things and made their decisions and they were consistent with them, no problem with any of it. But the fact that they're not and it's like literally like especially when you're when you when you're involved in the the decision or in some way, shape or form. Um, it's got, it's, it's, it's just gut wrenching when you're sitting there like, man, is, are they going to leave this horse up or what? It looks like they should, but you know, and, and it, it, it just, it just stinks <laughs> to be honest with you. It just stinks because, you know, you get things that happen in New York that would be taken down in California and vice versa so it's like, damn, it's like, I don't know. They seem like they're getting a little too involved out there. Yeah, they're looking at it a little too much. But I guess, you know, that that was my thing. And maybe maybe that's a good thing that they're looking at more stuff. I don't know how they're doing with, with like, you know, um, you know, giving jockeys days, fines, or what have you. I haven't looked at any reports or anything like that, but... Um, 
it seems like they're trying to go that route, but who knows? Yeah, it's it's. I don't. I don't <clears throat> I'll be honest. I, I didn't like the takedown the other day when the, there was four of them across the track and the horse was three wide. Looked like he got steadied a little bit, but it seemed like the inside horse came out and, and caused it more than the outside horse. I mean, it was a ticky tack foul, and uh, you know they should let that go. They should let it go and yeah. talk to him in the morning. Yeah, I mean, I don't, honestly, I don't know that the guy on the outside really did anything wrong. Certainly not wrong to take him down. And I mean, I didn't, I, I even, I don't think I've made outside of Triple I haven't made a bet on Delmore all year. So it's not like I'm, I'm man, you miss it, oh, bro. No, uh, they can kiss my ass. I don't, I'm, I'm not betting. Go. <laughs> I bet California and the stewards take me down. I'm going to just erupt on them. They'll, they'll be following like clash action. Slow. <laughs> That's how I feel about the uh, mid-Atlantic circuit. Yeah, you had a couple tough takedowns in the mid-Atlantic. Boy, oh boy. I'm telling you, that that Thanksgiving one is going to haunt me. No, I mean, honestly, Delmar, I, I just don't know the players. I don't know the horses. I, and I just... I just don't honestly. I can't. I don't have time for it. I, I just don't want to be betting races at night, eight thirty at night from Del Mar. I just don't. And uh, no, I'm, I'm trying to 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 stay. You know, follow a couple smaller. Well, not smaller, but keep keep the the depth of my betting to a couple tracks. Not not too many. Yeah, I hear you. And it it sounds like you're you're kind of in a, a quandary of sorts because <laughs> it's like do you want to bet the Saratoga five horse extravaganza five horse field extravaganza or wait till later? No, no I get it. And I mean, a lot of times I've just literally been passing. I just haven't yeah bet many races. I mean. Saturday, I, I really didn't bet much of anything because it just the races just weren't playable. Right, I've been taking naps early in in the Saratoga card, so I'd take a nap at about twelve thirty, get up around two thirty, and you know get ready to play the late part of Saratoga and then Del Mar. And then by the time Del Mar is in there in the late double. The wine has been broken out. <laughs> Maybe that's why you like Delmar because it's Delmar with the with cheese and wine. We do the cheese and wine festival at my house on Saturdays. There you go. So we get the you know we get the the exotic sharp cheese with uh, pepperoni salamis, the charcuterie, and. Uh, we get a wine from somewhere or a couple bottles and literally by the time Mobine is mid card, I'm, I'm pretty much done. <laughs> yeah. James MacDonald. I've had enough of you. Um, oh. Hey, shout out to uh, Michelle Lovell. She won another stake today. Antonio, right? Yes. She is crushing Virginia. She does a good job, and uh, she's been really good with the turf sprinters. I think today was on the dirt, though. So she is the money tree right now. Mm-hmm. So people is... are catching on to get their bet in her. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, 
she's not a secret anymore. But no, I, I was I was happy to see her win uh, another stake. I mean, she's really done great. So yeah, it was a pretty good card there today. And some some upsets and Frank's Raquette, I thought was disappointing. Uh, what's her name? Got beat at uh, Guadalupe Preciado's horse. Got beat the filly um, at Parks, right? Uh, <clears throat> Chub the Chub. Horse. Oh, Chub wagon. Yeah. Yep. You know, people were talking about that horse all day. And the uh, the Ohio bred <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, the 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 Ohio bred Secretariat in Philly. <laughs> she, <laughs> she's 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 like the far lap of Ohio. <laughs> I, I, honestly, they got a pretty decent sized field to run against her today. I think there was six or seven in there. I'm I'm guessing that that'll be the last uh, Ohio bred condition race that that she's uh, she's in, but I, I know she's been um, she's been making uh, or she's she's been running big big numbers. I mean, she just crushes the horses out there. But uh, you know, at some point they're going to have to step up and run on a real race. But I mean, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, it's, it's not unprecedented that horses can come from from tracks, you know, like that and uh, get you know, come to the big leagues and, and and win win a bunch of races. I mean, Princess Rooney, she came from Calder. And Princess Rooney at her best. I think she was four, five. One of the, I think her last season, she was really good. She won the first Breeders' Cup this staff, and she just crushed the field. But she's a great horse that that really never gets mentioned in uh, in that you know pantheon of, of great horses. But uh, I hate to tell you all all you Zenyatta lovers, but uh, Princess Rooney would have crushed Zenyatta <laughs> at her best. She oh. would have. Oh, gonna get emails. Dusted her. Gonna get emails over that one. I don't know. Princess Rooney would have done on the poly track because you know <laughs> we didn't have them back then. <laughs> But um, I know I was watching uh, somebody put up a, a a clip on Twitter of uh, when Dejour lost to Safely Kept when he jumped the shadow. Oh, the shadow, yeah. Belmont. And Willie Carson was like, "Yeah, the horse did the last time too." <laughs> <laughs> shadow rolls only cost like fifteen bucks, buddy. It's funny the Europeans don't even now that they have the turf sprint. I mean, no one even, no one even bothers trying to to run on the dirt. Oh man, Shake Albadu. That was a, that was a, that was a bad field. I hear that. The yeah, Albadu was that was, that was not a strong race. That was like a <laughs> seventy five claimer. <laughs> but Shake Albadu did win. He 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 won easy. I say the same about the Thor's Echo race, too. Yeah. Yeah, I can agree with that. Well, um, you're going to tell, you're going to mention our our voting? (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah, we got, we were on the ballot to be a finalist for the 2021. ABR Fans Choice Awards for Favorite Podcast Slash Radio Show. And I remember I, I talked to you 
it was a few weeks ago, I think, or a week ago. And I was like, I wonder if we're going to be on it. <laughs> yeah, right, right. I wonder if they're going to put us on there. We're definitely on there. I mean, I guess the way this whole thing started, that's that's pretty good <laughs> that we're even mentioned. True. They haven't forgotten about us. I mean, I don't know. It's... It'd be nice. A little silly, but at the same time, it's it's a little refreshing that at least people, somebody noticed. <laughs> True, I, I, there's there's a lot of racing podcasts, man. <laughs> yeah, I know. Looking at the the people in there, I, I I didn't know half of them existed. Not the 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 people, but the podcast. <laughs> yeah, right. Need to expand my horizons. Apparently, I'm I'm I locked in. So. Uh, well, <clears throat> we'll see. We'll see what happens. But yeah. Big weekend coming up. Yeah, Travers. Travers. Like yeah. You got the Jackie Warrior Life is Good matchup. We got the personal Lenzen. Um, be- Parks, I wonder if they're going to run the turf. They have the turf dash tomorrow. It's the- supposed to be tomorrow, right? Yeah. Yeah. On uh, the Smarty Jones uh, tomorrow at Parks, um, but uh, Kentucky Derby horses that was terrible at stud. Smarty Jones is absolutely the worst. I know I had about nine of them. <laughs> Dang it! Yeah. You know the biggest problem with them? They just were soft-boned horses. Man. Yeah, they injuries. Like, you just couldn't train them at all. And, you know, they were a little bit better on the turf, but uh, Friday at Saratoga is uh, New York Red Day, the Yotto, the West Point, the Seeking the Ante, the Funny Side, uh, the, the Fleet Indian, the Alabama, um, all at... Uh, Saratoga. I remember when Fleet Indian was running, I was like, this horse will never lose. That was, She was a good horse, man. <laughs> uh, on Saturday, we have the uh, the St. Louis Derby's back. What? FanDuel. At, at FanDuel. At the Duel. 250K. <clears throat> uh, the Arlington Washington Futurity, the last one. And the Arlington Washington Lassie, the last one. I'm the Arlington Washington Futurity was won by Meadow Lake. Mm. And I remember he won that race, and I was like, "Wow, that is a serious horse, monster." He was he was some kind of good horse. Um, but you know, Saturday's the Balsam Spa, which which should be a good race. The Forgo, um, uh, you know, the aforementioned Alan Jerkins Memorial, which is going to be the Jackie's Warrior matchup. The Ballerina, um, which uh, will like Mister Baffert's showing up for that, right? With Gamine. Monster, dude. <laughs> prohibitive favorite in that race. He's such a monster. Uh, and then the, uh, you know, the sword dance, the sword dancer. So we can see our mediocre turf horses kind of run around. Yeah, for Sadler, a long- Sadler's joy can can run for the fourteenth consecutive season in the sword dancer <laughs> and be third. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I think they'd be happy to be third this year. <laughs> um. So that's that's the weekend. Uh, should be good racing. So, yeah, just pack a lunch between uh, races. 
there until good Saturday. Yeah, it's going to be a long day. Long day. Lots of banter between races. Uh, the weather's looking, I mean, the long-range forecast looks pretty good. So, I mean, that can always change. <laughs> well, hopefully Henri can get in and out of there. Uh, Henri's gone. Um, he's out. He's out. Yeah, he's, he's, he's out. He, he wasn't much of a factor here. Nah, I mean. Uh, I mean, they're calling for 30% chance of rain on Saturday, high of 72. <clears throat> so, it's supposed to be hot through through Thursday and then Friday a little cooler. And Saturday, it's it's supposed to be 72. So, I remember the year uh, Java Gold won. I was there. It was a downpour. It was right cold. Before. Yeah, I remember. It was, it was, remember that? It was a terrible sloppy track that day. Java Gold, Ali Sheba, Crypto Clearance. That was bet twice. That was that was some race. Yes. Yes, it was. I was there. That was a really good race. I, I actually left for Arizona the next day. Huh. Yeah, I went from cold, rainy, and damp to straight into 114 degrees. Thunder Gulch, too. I mean, uh, no, not Thunder Gulch. Uh, Thunder Rumble. Thunder Rumble. When- you know, I was there for two that stands out in my mind. Richie O'Connell. Yeah. He was a good trainer. Really good trainer. That horse got really quick in a short period of time. Got real good. New York bred. He was one of the first really good New York breeds. Thunder Rumble. So, who knows? Maybe we'll even toss in a preview show for the drivers. Okay. We'll see awesome. how it looks. We'll on see the how it looks. Get JB on the line. Yeah, JB wasn't at, uh, at Saratoga Harness simulcasting today. Oh, boo. Got to put the APB out on. Got to find him. Got to locate him. Not yeah. always the easiest guy to locate. Dude, he's like a superhero in that department. He just shows up. He's a shadowy figure. Yes, you need the JB signal. Just throw it up there. Yeah, we'll check it out. We'll see. We'll see what the card looks like, and uh, we'll go from there. All right, I'm down. All right. Well, thanks for everyone for listening to uh, to the show. As always, we appreciate it. Any feedback? Going in circles podcast at gmail or hit us up on Twitter. Barry is the URB handicapper, and I am Cannon Shell. And you probably know that if you're listening to this. Uh, of course, you know, we could always try us on uh, on Facebook, too. We take plenty of abuse. TikTok, we TikTok? We TikTok? Uh, we'll, we'll, we, yeah, I, we do a little TikTok. A little, little, little talking. <laughs> no Snapchat. Uh, my Snapchat is reserved for the female race only. <laughs> I don't even know what to do with the Snapchat. They have these things, and you can put your you know, the camera, and you, you know, it makes your face look like a cat or a frog and stuff. Yeah, uh, yeah, I know. Sabria <laughs> bugs me about it all the time. She's like, "I want to be the cat. <laughs> I want to be the alien." Uh, well, I felt like an alien before. So, anyways, like I said, hit us up, good or bad. We're always willing to listen, and we will. Answer your question if you have a question. If you just want to call us names, that's cool, too. Oh, that happens. (laughs) (laughs) Every once in a while. (laughs) I think the Mama Stewards actually, like, have these burner accounts, and they just... (laughs) (laughs) Just troll us all day. (laughs) I'm not even watching your races, Mama Stewards, so just chill out, okay? 
No one cares what happens there from now on. I'm done with you for the rest of the year. Though I may check out the metal ends at the Mama the Metal Ends meet, but uh, consider this a, a, a uh, what did I call it? A, um, a pardon from, from the going in circles uh, governor. <laughs> the mayor. Tell them we haven't, even, we haven't even paid attention to you anymore. You're old news. You and Baffert and the Derby, we're, we're, we're done with that. Call. I don't even remember that. What are you talking about? sick of that. You whip yourselves. <laughs> <laughs> we got the Delmar stewards to kick around now. <laughs> right. We're on to bigger and better things. That's right. And they gave us plenty of opportunities. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, seriously, if you, if you really want to like call us names, I don't care. That's fine with us. It doesn't matter. We're not, we're not. Sensitive. As long as you're listening, I mean. That's the main thing. We don't expect you to agree with everything. I mean, hell, how boring would that be? Right? I mean, if you do agree, yeah, that's cool. But uh, we're not going to get picks. But we might have a preview show. All right. All right. Well, you never know. We might even have like a preview show live from somewhere. Like live from the roof of the track, or <laughs> oh, that'd be great. <laughs> live from Dave Spears' house, <laughs> the mayor's crib. It's it's a landmark in Saratoga. It's on the tour. It's gotta be. Yeah, it's on the tour. They'll show you the Canfield Casino. They'll show you the park. They'll show you the track, the museum, the yato, and. Dave Spears' house. It's the center of everything. It's right in the middle. Well, Barry, it's been cool as always, but um, I just don't have anything else to say. I'm with you. Well, thanks everyone for listening, and uh, we'll talk later. Pleasant Acre Farms, located just outside Ocala, Florida, is a full-service commercial breeding operation that has one of the top stallion rosters in the Sunshine State. Standing 10 horses, including sons of top sires such as Curlin, Harlan's Holiday, Unbridled Song, Scat Daddy, Canthros, and Twirling Candy, you'll be sure to find a great match for your mare at Pleasant Acres. Owned and operated by consummate professionals, Joe and Helen Barbazon, they provide clients with world-class services in all facets of the thoroughbred industry. Their commitment to quality is what allows Pleasant Acre Farms to pursue their passion for breeding champions. Check out their website at pleasantacrestallions.com or call 352-528-2885. Pleasant Acre Farms. Hey everyone, thank you for listening to the Going in Circles Big Monday show. I wanted to let you know that we have a weekly newsletter that... You can subscribe to for free, the Going in Circles Digest. It's uh, kind of a combination newsletter, stakes preview. Um, We have some uh, restaurant reviews on there, various topics, but uh, we also have a couple um, pieces about various uh, industry topics or racing history. This last week, we did a piece on the great Arazi and his spectacular move in the 1991 Breeders' Cup Juvenile, which unfortunately was the, the pinnacle of his career. But um, it's a free subscription. Go to 
going in circles digest dot substack dot com and check it out all right the going in circles digest thanks for listening